It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 322 of Locked On Raptors for uh, super late on Wednesday, April 25th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, joined uh, in the bowels of the ACC by our pal Vivek Jacob. How's it going, man? Pretty good. It was uh, extremely <laughs> tense for about three, three and a half quarters. And then Dwayne Casey makes some key changes that maybe some of us have been harping on for a little while. Part. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I mean, this is the one thing uh, that stood out to me. You know, you look at uh, the Raptors all along throughout this series. They've started off games really, really well. The starting five has done a really good job. And then the Wizards, to close games, at least the two in Washington, they've gone back to Gortat, and you keep wondering, you know, why won't the Raptors go to Valanciunas to counter Mm -hmm. that? And we finally saw it. And guess what? At one stage, the Wizards were out-rebounding Toronto 42-21. to Yep. And the Raptors out-rebound them 14-7 to the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, lots of things like that to get to in this game. Uh, of course, you're listening to the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out the team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. It's very helpful. Uh, and I don't think I said it. I'm from Raptors HQ, and you can follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean and all that stuff. It's very exciting. I lost the plot for the intro because it's very, very exciting right now. The, uh, the Raptors are up 3-2 after they beat the Wizards 108-98. And like you said, the, this game came down to a fourth quarter. The Raptors uh, were up one at half, halftime, one, up one after the third quarter. And it kind of felt like it was, like, I don't know, the timeline suggested that it was much worse than it actually was. Uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan was kind of getting some, like, grief from people on the Internet for, like, doing too much. But at the same time, 
The Wizards were doing the thing where they sell out to stop everybody but DeRozan. We're like, alright, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us. We'll live with your shots. And DeRozan made them pay. He was amazing. He had 32 points. I believe 30 of those came in the first three quarters. Uh, he really carried the offense when the Wizards were doing a great job of sticking to shooters. They were doing a really good job of mobbing Jonas Valanciunas when he was rolling. Um, and it was just, you know, DeMar was taking what the defense was giving him, and he did a really good job with it. He finished with 32, 12 of 24 from the field. Hit 3 of 4 from 3. I I mean, those were huge. One of them was like the luckiest shooter's bounce I've ever seen. But hey, you get those, I guess, if you're if you're good and lucky. Um, and then from there, yeah, the, it just it all kind of at the start of the fourth quarter, I felt like it was kind of falling away a little bit. Uh, curiously enough, the Lowry and the bench unit didn't do particularly well. Uh, you know, Jakob Pertl, I think, had a bit of a rough night. He had nine points, and he was three of five shooting, and he got a bunch of foul calls and stuff, but uh, he kind of had a bit of a rough night. Just most of the starters, most of the bench, I think, did, sort of in terms of decision-making and things like that. Pascal Siakam had a like, nice little stretch in the second quarter, but was kind of a non-factor after that. And then even in the starters, like OG Ananobi didn't do much offensively. He was one of four from deep, which is thing that he hasn't been doing uh, in the series. He's been really good from outside. Serge Ibaka was just a non-factor. Uh, just three points on one of three shooting in 23 minutes. Again, though, kind of goes to what the Wizards were doing, trying to shut him down. Um, but yeah, fourth quarter comes around. 8.52, I believe, remaining in the fourth quarter. The Raptors are down 87-82, and Dwayne Casey makes a, a lineup change. He puts in Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and Jonas Valanciunas, a lineup that was, you know, by all accounts, all offense. I mean, th this was a lineup that the Raptors were just going to try to score with, it seemed, and it turned out to be, uh, you know, a good offensive lineup, but also just like a stifling defensive lineup. So Vivek, uh, all in my rambling, like, what did you see from that lineup, and you know, what what do you think Casey saw when he sort of threw that out against, uh, you know, the, the Wizards going kind of small with, with uh, Mike Scott and I believe Markeith Morris at center for most of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think the big thing for me was just the assertiveness of the role players. Again, you know, you looked at DeLon Wright having that huge fourth quarter, making a three-pointer from, as Dwayne Casey said, from Barry. Um, so little things like that add up. And then Valanciunas, I, I thought, was just really key. And, you know, the Raptors were defending well, uh, but they just weren't closing out with the rebound. Mm -hmm. And so now Valanciunas comes in and he's grabbing those rebounds. And so, you know, the one thing with good offensive lineups is when you're scoring consistently, it puts so much pressure on the other team to keep up, especially in a close game like this. Mm -hmm. And that's a different kind of pressure, you know? And so I thought you could tell uh, that that showed with the Wizards. You know, a couple of times they took some really quick shots in the shot clock and, you know, one was a Marquise Morris uh, three, you know, above the break. And uh, just, you know, you, I think someone mentioned that Wall and Beal only shot uh, two or three times in, in fourth. So, yeah. you know, those are things that they'll have to address obviously but the Raptors will take that all day and uh, you know the way they played it with Valanciunas showing a bit more on the pick and roll but a bit a bit higher I think that made a difference as well because Wall was having a pretty good game from the mid-range mm -hmm. and then him trying to find other guys to get them involved whether it was Bradley Beal or anyone else just trying to muster up some offense um, I think I think JV just did a really good job of plugging that gap yeah so I think that was the difference in the game. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Yeah, the, the the point you made about him kind of coming up higher and showing the pick and roll a little bit was, uh, you know, that was huge because, like you said, Wall, he was 0-4 from deep, but he was, you know, cashing those mid-range shots that the Raptors have been happy to live with most of the series. Like, that's a shot that you're fine with, but when he's hitting every single one of them, you have to do something about it. And I thought it was a pretty quick, you know, Dwayne Casey's been chided for his in-game adjustments, but he obviously, you know, directed Jonas to come up a little higher. That sort of gave Wall some trouble. Jonas stripped Wall in a pick and roll situation. That was unbelievable. Point. Like ridiculous. Started a, a playback the other way. I think ended with a Demar dunk. Um, Don't know if I've seen that before. Don't no, know if I'll see that again. We're never going to see that again. <laughs> I thought my eyes, uh, eyes were lying to me. It was it was insane. Um, and then yeah, I, you know the point you made about them, you know, having to you know, sort of counter the Raptors after they scored buckets. This entire series, the Wizards' half-court offense has been kind of dog shit, right? Like, yeah. it's been struggling. I, I believe it had, like, a 53 offensive rating in the first half of Game 4, and it wasn't much better in the second half. Most of their buckets are coming off of misses. I believe they have, like, 130 or something insane like that offensive rating off of Raptors' misses. So, you know, f- to put a lineup out there that was scoring at will, that, I think, is, uh, you know, as, as good a defense as anything in this particular series, considering what the Wizards have done when the Raptors' offense has sputtered. So... Um, yeah, I just thought it was a uh, top-to-bottom excellent performance. DeLon Wright, let's talk about DeLon Wright. 11 points in the fourth quarter. He had 18 points overall. Uh, 6 of 10. He was 2-2 two, two from deep. It was beautiful. The first three he made, I think it was the first half, you could see he almost didn't shoot it. He, he was a little shake in his elbow. was like, oh, am I going to do it? And then he did it. It, it, went, it went cash. And then he had one late that he hit, as you said, Dwayne Casey said from Barry, uh, that kind of, you know, Kyle and DeMar talked after the game about how that kind of helped open up the offense a little bit for those guys to be taking shots, him and CJ Miles in particular. Uh, And Miles not even so much taking shots, just kind of being a threat on the floor and the Wizards having to be up in his his grill the entire time off the ball. Uh, But back to right, 18 points, five boards, uh, just one assist, but I think that kind of speaks to um, him kind of doing a good job of finding his own offense. He was kind of the only guy for the second unit in the second quarter in particular when they went all bench who could kind of get his own shot he made a couple driving layups and that was pretty much all the offense that that lineup could conjure uh that lineup i thought was kind of lucky to avoid getting torched there was a minute there where it was the all bench lineup out against the the, the wizards lineup with uh yeah. their, their their you know their three best players porter uh Beeler, wall and then it was Ubre and gortat or Ubre and mahimi something like that and they went even in that minute uh that was kind of a crucial little key cog in the game but delon was really the only guy creating any offense in that situation um what did you like from delon's fourth quarter in particular because he was uh you know maybe more than anybody the the difference for that second that, that unit that they had out there to close the game yeah you know DeRozan after game four um with the shots that he took, with some of those shots, you know, just being by necessity because other guys weren't taking shots when, mm-hmm. they, when the opportunities presented themselves. Um, you, you look at DeLon Wright saying that 30 people were up in his Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, and whatnot, in his mentions just telling him to shoot the ball. Uh, you know, I think 
that obviously had a positive effect because in that fourth quarter, you're sort of looking for someone outside of DeMar to say, hey, we have to take this game by the scruff of the neck and show that we want to win this game. Mm -hmm. And DeLon really showed that. And if he can keep that up, you know, the aggressiveness in terms of... Because even in the first half, you look at it, he scored a few points to keep that bench unit in it. Mm -hmm. he was genuinely trying to create offense for the unit, the entire unit. And so one of the things I noticed was, you know, with that unit, it's just so easy to stay at home on everyone or, you know, even trap at certain points where, you know, you can reach out to a Siakam or a Berto or whoever it may be, right? So I think that's the challenge, you know, when you look at the one assist that he had. So I think overall in the fourth quarter, when you have a Kyle Lowry, when you have a DeMar DeRozan to play make, it takes that load off his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so now he can just sort of transition to being, hey, when that ball comes to me, I've got to be ready to either shoot. If the shot isn't there, I can go and do work and maybe create for Lowry or, or DeRozan, who for sure will be ready to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, too, that I thought was great about the fourth quarter was that they weren't like just running high pick and roll with DeRozan and sort of baiting the Wizards, sort of baiting themselves really into what the Wizards wanted them to do, right? Like the Wizards wanted DeMar, it seemed like, to take the lion's share of the shots that yeah. worked for them in game four. Um, and like it burned them in game two and it burned them in this game. But like, I guess they're happy to live with DeRozan pulling up from 10 feet as opposed to just getting a barrage of threes rained on them. And I think we saw it again. Kyle mentioned after the game that they only had 25 threes attempted. Like that's not what they want. Their goal is 30 every night. So like the Wizards still succeeded in that regard. Uh, but I thought in the fourth quarter they did a good job of not having DeRozan have to dictate every single possession in the same way. Uh, Kyle mentioned a couple times they had DeMar sort of post up and ran some stuff out of there. Uh, they had, you know, DeLon and Kyle, yeah, DeLon and Kyle kind of went back and forth with some possessions as well to kind of keep the attention away from DeRozan because they're definitely playing those situations differently than they are with DeRozan, right? Like with DeRozan, they're sticking to shooters a lot more attentively. With Kyle, they've been trapping still, even a little bit with him. Um, and DeLon, they kind of have to, you know, play everyone honest and, you know, DeLon's been so good at driving to the rim as well that, like, there's just a lot of space when those three guys are out there. Um, so for them to not have DeMar have to create everything, I think he only attempted two shots in the fourth quarter, um, and I don't think that's, like, a bad thing. I, I think that's, like, ultimately a good thing, really, um, that they were able to sort of mix it up a little bit and, and sort of, you know, DeRozan did his job. He carried the team to where they needed to. He had them in, in it after three quarters despite some kind of questionable performances from the secondary guys. Um, and then when you find the right mix of guys and you kind of approach the offense the way they did, I thought it was just like a perfect approach. And uh, another sort of good bit of coaching from Dwayne Casey, because you could noticeably see anytime, especially like Lowry, he'd run a little dribble handoff with like Ibaka or, or Valanciunas or even DeMar at times. And like you could see the defense was just softer on Kyle and it was just like there was more room to breathe for him. Um, and, and, and sort of just, it just felt like the offense was running smoother when they weren't having to run anything through DeMar. So that was kind of an observation I picked up. Um, I don't know, what else can we talk about from this game? The Serge Ibaka was god awful. Oh, he was bad, yeah. He I mean, was, uh, <laughs> yeah. He can't, like, I didn't think he could play worse than he did in game four. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. Um, you know, offered nothing on the class, offered nothing scoring-wise. Yeah. Uh, wasn't really protecting the rim. I think he actually got into it a little bit with Rex Kalamian when he got subbed off for the last time. Yeah. Um, who was it? At the Towards the end of the third? Yeah. And yeah, so obviously a, a 
very frustrating night for him. Obviously, no one wants to play that way, but uh, there's something that he needs to figure out in terms of how to attack this Wizards defense. There's a couple times, again, where he wasn't shot ready, um, where they left him open on the perimeter, and he's going to that sort of pump fake and then trying to make the move on Markeith Morris, and it's just not happening for him right now. He's got to figure something out, another counter, or he's just got to be ready and just shoot the ball as soon as it comes. Yeah. In fairness to Serge, there weren't that many opportunities for him to just shoot the ball when it came in this game because, as well. like as we as we were talking about it, with Jonas in particular, like they were really sticking to Jonas on the roll when Demar had the ball. They were also sticking to Serge really tight and not allowing that sort of outlet to open up because that opens up opportunities for swinging the ball and, and additional drives and kicks and you know breaking the defense apart apart further. Um, so I, I thought maybe the Raptors could have done a better job of involving him early. Yeah. Maybe that leads to him being more engaged down the stretch. But at the same time. It's the playoffs. You should probably just be engaged all the time, even if the ball's not coming to you for whatever reason, whether it's you know your guard's not finding you or just the scheme not really working out for you. Um, I thought they, they didn't yeah. do a good job of trying to involve CJ early either. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't until that fourth where he really got going. Yeah, um, and like you get to credit the Wizards' defense too. Like I think they've executed their plan reasonably well the last couple of games. It's just in this game in particular, Kyle burned them. Or sorry, Demar burned them. You know for giving him all those opportunities, right? And he sort of made it work. And then whenever Kyle... Let's talk about Kyle. Kyle was really good in this game. Like He was really good. I yeah. thought he had a much better second half than yeah, he did the first. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, he, even in the first half, he was like hitting his shots. He was active looking for his shots, which he yeah. hasn't always been in this series. Yeah. Um, he only attempted 13 shots, but like it felt like he was kind of looking for his, his looks a little bit which more aggressively. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, I don't know. What do you think of Kyle's series so far as a whole? As a whole, I think... He's been, like the rest of the team, better at home than on the road. <laughs> uh, I think there are some things uh, just in terms of his aggressiveness on, in one-on-one situations, whether it's you know get, getting his own shot off or creating for teammates. I think that's something that he might want to uh, get better at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at last year or a year before, he had that to to him where he could you know he had that whether he's lost a step or not that that. Maybe it's something you have to think about, but he had that dribble move where he could pull up and mm-hmm. train that mid-range J or, you know, use the hesitation and get all the way to the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't look like that's there anymore. Yeah. And so that's a little bit troubling, um, and which is part of why DeMar DeRozan has to do so much of the work now. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting how the Wizards have transitioned their sort of tactics. And you look at after game one when Beal and Paul and Brooks are all saying we're surprised that... You know, the role players made as many shots as they did. Yeah. And, you know, if they make those shots, we'll live with it. And now they've gone from saying we'll live with the role players making shots to saying anyone but the role players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think speaks to uh, this being a much improved roster over last year and like yeah. a much more reliable one at that. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Um, this game I thought was like, I think we have to just like the whole like rumor of like, and, like the, the notion that Kyle and DeMar are bad playoff players. I feel like this series has done a pretty good job of eliminating that because I do yes. think even though DeMar kind of struggled in the last game, I do kind of feel like their performances in this series, they, like they haven't really wilted under like a lot of burden that they've been put under, especially since game one when the Wizards really clamped down and tried to prevent threes and are preventing the secondary guys from going off. Like they've been asked to do a lot and they've, done it pretty well like yeah it, it kind of went haywire in, in game four in the fourth quarter but for the most part aside from that like 12 to 16 minute stretch at the end of that game like they've been taking the challenge and you know accomplishing pretty much what you would want from them right and, and like like kyle's defense i think has been really good even demar's defense i think has been more than passable been it's way been more, more than passable in this series and it wouldn't like that lineup wouldn't have worked today if DeMar's defense wasn't, you know, at least average or slightly below average. Like, if right. he's being regular DeMar DeRozan defensive pumpkin, that lineup with CJ and Jonas, like, probably doesn't end up working. But no. I think together, I mean, God, that <laughs> the defense of that, like, the rim protection from Jonas, just the, the point of attack defense, the, the recovery, it was, it was like, pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think both Kyle and DeMar have been really good in this series, even though there's been a couple games here and there where maybe they've struggled. But, yeah. Um, so one thing I touch on with Kyle just it just came to mind is you know in terms of him getting that in between game going the one shot that probably hasn't been falling as much for him as he'd like is that pull up three yeah. uh, in semi transition transition so if he gets that shot going then all of a sudden they're gonna have to get up on him a lot more and that's gonna open things up for him on the drive yeah so that is probably the one area that'll free everything else up and you know that that's the one thing that the Raptors will want to see carry over to the road now, right? That three-point shooting, which really hasn't been there yeah. uh, the way it has at home anyway. Yeah. Um, one question I had for you. I, yeah. no- I noticed this at the end of the fourth quarter, the one where C.J. Miles makes the three yeah. for the dagger. Yeah. Did you notice on the previous possession when the Wizards were up the court, C.J. Miles was not back defending. He was in the very corner that he hit the shot from, Yeah. tying his shoelace. Really? I don't know if he thought there was a stoppage in play or what happened. But I didn't notice he this either. Just was casually okay. just tying his shoelace. Is that and a set the play where they, just, the where they have him wait? And then, the and then he looked up and the Raptors were coming back down the court and then he just hits the three. <laughs> just I did like not they see drew this. It up. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. I might write 1,500 words on this now because that's amazing. Um, no, I did not see that. That dagger he made, though, was... Uh, maybe, I mean, the game was kind of squared away at that point. Anyway, they were up 10. Maybe... Yeah, I don't know. That's bizarre. I, ha- I would have to go back and see it to see exactly what happened. But that is... Uh, if that's true, that's amazing. And kind of a flex from CJ Miles, maybe. I don't, I don't need to defend this one. Uh, Jonas has been good enough in this <laughs> down the stretch here. <laughs> he was so good. I don't have to go like, down the other, the other end I'm going to just yeah. stay in this corner. Yeah. Um... So Just, uh, spending some time with the Vivek Ranadive playing that for him on defense. <laughs> it ended up working. Uh, so looking at the game six on Friday, I mean, the road games have been a struggle in this series. The Wizards are excellent at home. They've survived these situations a couple times in the a couple times in the past. What are you looking for from the Wizards? Do the Wizards change anything from what they did, or they just kind of stick to the, pro- the the formula that they had and hope it survives? Like I don't know. 
I don't know if they should be playing Marcus Markeith Morris very much. He sucks a lot. He's been bad in this series. I don't know. Like he kind of I thought was a bit of a liability down the stretch. Having him on the floor kind of made it easier for Jonas to not be right up on him on the perimeter and kind of allowed him to hang it back a little bit. Yeah. Maybe there's more Mike Scott minutes in lieu of Morris. Like, is there an adjustment? Is there a tweak that the Wizards can make uh, going into Game Six here to kind of? push the action back at the Raptors? I think they feel very confident at home. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of the same. I think it's more about what the Raptors do from about, you know, the last two minutes of the first quarter. Yeah. That can really change. Those the transitional lineups have been not good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, every game in the series, uh, the Raptors have started off, you know, the first seven, eight minutes have been really good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even this one, where were they up? You know, 18 to 13 or whatever yeah. it was yeah. early on. And, and then the Wizards made their way back. You know, when the Raptors go to that all-bench unit, you know, I don't, I don't know if Casey was trying to summon uh, the Norman Powell of Game 5s before. Hey, but man, <laughs> might, might as well try it. I mean, <laughs> but uh, it obviously didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Norm is just not Norm yeah. uh, this season. And so I think that's going to be a, a, a central point when we look at Game 6. You know, what, what are the transitional lineups? How often does he now go to JV or early in that second quarter? You mm-hmm. know, if, if Gortat comes in there with Wall and they're running that pick and roll, um, do you change it up and get JV in there earlier? Yeah, I wonder if that transitional lineup would be I mean the whole argument against like having JV play with the second unit has been like you don't want to compromise the identity of the lineup but without Fred Van Vliet who may be back for game six we don't really know uh it seemed like he, he was upgraded to questionable today and Casey seemed a little miffed that the medical staff <laughs> ruled him out so uh this isn't reporting anything or suggesting that it's going to happen but there's a potential for Fred to be back so maybe this changes things but the way the second unit is played in the, in this, like, I don't think there's an identity that you're worried about compromising right now because the second unit has not been very good. No. So maybe having Jonas in there. I mean, Jonas played 32 minutes tonight, so uh, that, that might be the extent of what you want him to play anyway. But maybe Surge, something like that. You play right. Surge at the five. Uh, if Pirtle's struggling the way he has, I mean, there, I think there are ways to kind of put a little bit more talent into those and, and like shooting and, and just versatility into the second unit at the end of the first start of the second because uh, I just think at this point the DeMar plus bench unit is not working and I think they lost 6-3 in like the two minutes between uh, when that came in at the, at the end of the first quarter and that at the, at the end of the, the lead, yeah. at, at the end of the first they gave up yeah. a, a 5-0 run. Yeah. and then it was a different DeMar and bench unit uh, they had Norm out there instead of Siakam uh, I think at the end of the third quarter which I think was a bit more successful or maybe yeah. played even or something like that but it's yeah. Still wasn't like you know blowing anyone away, and Norm just looked out of it all night. Eight minutes didn't do a whole lot. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably the biggest question for the Raptors because like they're winning where they have to win. Like they've won crunch time with some funky lineups, late like small lineups, whether it's surge at the five in game two or, or Jonas with the smalls out there today. Uh, they're winning first quarters mostly. They're winning most of the third quarters as well to start. Uh, it's just those transitional times where they're getting killed and. I don't know, is there a lineup you'd like to see or sort of a, a way in which they could change up the rotation or do you just kind of live with those bad minutes the way the Wizards live with the minutes where they keep all their best players on the bench? I might look to, you know, maybe get that starting five out a little bit earlier yeah. and then that way you have something to go to a bit quicker yeah. uh, to get into that trans- those transitional lineups but yeah. because I think when you play them too long, that's when you get into that mix where, well, you can't go to any of the starters because they, they just came off. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's where you sort of 
shoot yourself in the foot. So I think there's got to be something there, whether it's JV that comes out a bit earlier or... Or hey, the JV with Smalls works. Maybe you take out Surge throwing Miles or something like that to right, kind of mix exactly, that up. Right? Right? Yeah, I mean, so much of this is based on how the bigs perform next game, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't have Ibaka, Siakam, and Hurdle struggle again. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think that is one thing that they'll have to look at in terms of who gets the minutes. Uh, you know, Hurdle, that, that was probably his best game, game four. Mm. Um, and he still wasn't great. You know, it wasn't the Hurdle that we've become accustomed to seeing in the regular season, but it was a positive step. And Siakam, I think it's a big challenge for him uh, in terms of how they're defending him. How yeah. does he get off his offense? And, you know, I thought he again had some good minutes defending Wall. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting tactic from it's Casey. nice it's nice to throw different looks it's, yeah it's, it's, it's nice to know. be able to do that yeah <laughs> for sure so that's what he offers right uh, the ability to defend pretty much all five positions so uh yeah if, if one of those two bigs can get their game going in washington it just makes those other lineups a lot easier to go to certainly uh here's hoping fred's back Here's hoping the Raptors can close this, damn, close this damn thing out like they did in Milwaukee last year, although hopefully with less uh, late-game jitters than they had last season. Yeah. Uh, it was really fun. This was a fun game. Game fives are great, apparently, in Toronto for any sport, uh, <laughs> as it turns out. And, uh, yeah, no, this was a very stressful for three quarters, but I think the release of that win is pretty excellent. It's just, it's, it makes it all worth it. And it's a shame the Leafs lost because it really had a chance to be like a super special night. They kept the game on at the, uh, at the ACC here. Um, the Leaf game after the Raptors game finished up. It could have been a really great night. The Leafs blew it, but hey, it's okay. The, uh, the Raptors are hopefully moving on. I'm going to say they beat yeah. the Wizards. Wizards and the Raptors in six. They're, they're, they're going to win on Friday. Yeah. I don't feel good about that, sure. but they're going to win Friday. Things are good. They'll continue. Definitely, maybe. Yes. Uh, there is a, a blank percent chance the Raptors will win on Friday and uh, move on to the next round against probably LeBron, who had to score 44 points tonight and hit a game winner against the Pacers once again, uh, probably playing 56 minutes or whatever the hell. Uh, all right. I'm tired. We should wrap this thing up. Vivek, thank you for coming on, man. Where can people check you out in the next couple days? Uh, I'll have my regular recap stuff with Norpole hoops up soon. and. Um, We'll also have something for Raptors Republic tomorrow. Woohoo! So, yeah, watch out for that. Other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivekan Jacob. Thanks for listening. Sounds good. Uh, you can follow me at Woodley Sean. I'm going to write about. So, today, before the game, I wrote about who's going to become the next Raptors folk hero. I did not even mention DeLon Wright in the piece. So, my piece tomorrow is just going to be about DeLon Wright and uh, him becoming an immortal with that fourth quarter. Uh, he will be forever ensconced in Raptors history so uh, look for that for me on Raptors HQ and uh, might do a mailbag podcast or something tomorrow in, re- in reaction to this game if not uh, there will be another podcast before the next game at some point uh, thank you so much for tuning in we'll be back again again sometime soon in the next couple days and until then thank you for listening subscribe rate review on iTunes and we'll talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.